This is the Line Waits Over Coffee Podcast, Episode Eight. In the beginning, you're gonna almost like throw your computer out of the window sometimes because it's like, why is it not working? No, like stress people, like don't don't give up. Like like the reward that you get when you finally made your definition work and it actually does what you wanted to do, it's it's really rewarding. Like really trust me, it's like yes, I finally did it. No, like after hours and hours of work. <laughs> so don't give up. That's our guest Ari Willem de Jong, co-founder of Think Parametric, on this episode of the Line Weights Over Coffee podcast, all about free and paid resources to help you learn about parametric modeling. So it's 2018, and we're just starting the spring semester. And some of you by now have probably realized that, apart from all the other things you have to do in architecture school, you have to learn a lot of software programs, right? I mean, I remember when I was in school not too long ago that. There was, let's see, there was MicroStation, FormZ, SketchUp, AutoCAD, Rhino, Revit, and of course all the other Adobe programs like Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign. I mean, it's quite overwhelming just the number of software programs out there. And at your school, there may be courses that teach you specifically. You know, they focus on one software and help you get better at that. And then there are these other software that you kind of just expect it to go and explore and learn on your own. Now, at the time. I was really interested in parametric modeling. I loved it when I found out about it. However, no one at my school was teaching it, and so I had to go online and really try to scavenge through these different websites and find out what I could about it. Right now, later on, the school did introduce it, and I got the opportunity to kind of help teach it as a teaching assistant because I had gone through self-teaching myself. I knew about all the difficulties that go into learning these type of things, and of course. Helping the students through that process, I knew the learning curve and so on, but also understood the difficulty of just finding resources to help you get better at these programs. Now, parametric modeling is, of course, more than just modeling. I mean, I'm a computational designer today, so I use parametric modeling for everything. Most people think it's just for 3D complex geometries, but it's for so much more, and it can really shift the way you start looking at architecture and how people communicate with each other. Now, some of you are listening right now and thinking, you know, I have no interest in parametric modeling. I really don't need to listen to this episode, but I would encourage you to stick around because the resources that we go through can really help you out and can really help you not only get better at your studio projects that you're doing right now, but they also give you a really big advantage going forward on your resume and portfolio. In fact, when you graduate, if you can really show proficiency in these programs, it can really give you that edge in landing that job you want. So really stick around. Get a pen and paper. Write down the resources we're going to tell you. We're going to talk about all about the difficulties that we went through, the software resources that we turned to, and of course why it's so important to learn parametric modeling today. All that and more coming up on this episode of the Line Waits Over Coffee podcast. Hi everyone! If you like what you're listening to and want more content like this coming your way, remember that the best way to support this show is by getting an Adobe CC subscription through our website at LineWaits.Coffee. Now, as architecture students, we rely heavily on graphic presentation tools such as Photoshop, InDesign, and Illustrator. We wanted to make it really easy for you to learn these programs and have created a set of high-quality tutorials, complete with all the example files, for you to learn the fundamentals to creating excellent presentations. So we cover Adobe Illustrator that teaches you how to properly import and manipulate your 2D drawings. We're talking line weights, line types, hatches. 
finding those vector scalies and textures and so on. Then, of course, we go into Photoshop where you have your renderings, you're adjusting light, materials, scale figures, even how to link your 2D drawings from Illustrator right into Photoshop. And then, of course, we round that all off with Adobe InDesign, which is the best publishing software out there in order for you to actually make your posters, linking your files, setting up your paragraph styles, proper printing procedures, archiving, and so on. Now, this course is actually a $109 value that you can get for absolutely free when you purchase an Adobe CC subscription through our website because we get a commission off each purchase. So to find out more, just go to our website at lineweights.coffee and click on Adobe. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. Joining us from Mexico City is our guest today, Ari Willem de Jong. So Ari graduated with a bachelor's degree in architecture and building sciences and technology and a master's in architecture from TU Delft in the Netherlands. After that, he went to Mexico to work for Rochkin Architectos, where he started realizing just the power of 3D modeling and parametric software and how it can really give you the edge as an architect working in a firm. After that, Ari co-founded Think Parametric with Rodrigo and Emmanuel Medina, which is an online educational platform for architects and designers. Ari, welcome to the program. See, si. <laughs> thank you, Asar. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. And so, Ari, yeah, so uh, I mean, one of the reasons that I wanted to contact you and bring you on the show is that, you know, like me, I think you had particular struggles when you tried to find resources to learn about parametric architecture when you were in school. Could you uh, talk a little bit yeah. about what your school education was like? Uh, yeah, it was back then there was not a lot of resources available. Um, but also I, I always um, gravitated more towards using technology in my designs. And back then it was kind of a, a no-no. Like we were really um, discouraged to use technology. It was more about, you, you know, using a pencil and uh, to sketch, but also to draw out your whole building and your, your whole design. Mm -hmm. But I always like to, to fizzle around in a computer and, and try to get it done. Um, so, yeah, that basically went on for a long time uh, until I started f figuring out about uh, computational design tools like Rhino and, and Grasshopper, which was really in its um, beginning stages. And um, it was after that that I... Uh, started in, coming more in contact with people that are that were more into computational design, and that was mm -hmm. also my graduation directory um, direction, which is which was Hyperbody. And basically, because of these guys, I started getting more into uh, learning computational design and, and learning these these things to kind of um, enhance my uh, enhance my designs, basically. Yeah. So you had an interest in it already, but it wasn't necessarily yeah. reinforced at the school until you came no, not, across. Not so much. Yeah, and and then you came across Hyperbody. Is this a group yeah. of people? It's an organization. What is this? It's it's a graduation directory uh, within uh, within architecture in your master's direction. Uh, master direction. The the TU Delft where I went to, they mm -hmm. have basically four directions. One is well, I, I well back then I, I think they changed a little bit uh, right now, but back then it was. Um, Architecture, um, real estate and housing, which is more about um, yeah the, the cost part. Uh, mm -hmm. Then you had building building construction, which is focused more on on the construction, and then you had urbanism, which is more the, the big scale projects. I see. And with, within ar architecture, is the biggest one basically because if you, the other three are really small, and within architecture you have way more. You have so many graduation direction. You have I don't know public realm. Uh, 
the Vive Factory, which is from MVRDV. I see. And, and besides that, all of them, you also had Hyperbody. And those guys, they really focused on non-standard architecture um, and basically using parametric tools and computational design to enhance building performances. Which okay. is, for me, I, I really like that. I really was really interested. Yeah, in, that sounds in that sounds really interesting that your school gave you so many different directions that you could uh, choose from. And so, yep. yeah, that's pretty nice. So, so tell me, like, you're in school and you're interested in these programs and you're thinking, okay, well, what do I do? Because I know in my case, we had started with someone had told us, oh, let's, you know, why don't you do some renderings? And we had to learn, like, SketchUp on our own um, for that semester, and which was fine because SketchUp at the time, you know, was by yeah, Google. It had free tutorials. It was really easy to learn. And then we were taught Form Z, and then we were taught Rhino. And I remember, like, even before all that, I remember seeing some videos on YouTube way back. I mean, we're talking yeah. 2009, 2010, and seeing yeah. this grasshopper thing. And I'm going, wow, this is so cool. But I had, I didn't know where to go, and I didn't know how could I learn more about this. No, I, definitely. Like, back then, it, it was for me the same. Like, of course... I, I had like, a, I would say, a precondition of already like being very interested in learning these things. But it was for us the same. Like we had a week of, of boot camp uh, learning because back then it was not even SketchUp. I think it was only Maya. Uh, it, was, it wasn't even from Autodesk yet. It was still from Alias, uh, Alias right. Wavefront. It was really basic. So we got like a week of boot camp of Maya and then you needed to learn it in your own time. And also Rhino, it was still also really basic but when i started with hyperbody i that was the same and also got like a boot camp of of grasshopper and a boot camp of of rhino to 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 get up to speed uh learning these tools yeah but the, the good thing is that the people that choose hyperbody they were also already really interested in that so you kind of yeah you kind of work together in in, in a group so after that week you were basically just on your own and like you said yeah you went online searching for you know, resources to find and to learn these these things. And it was basically just YouTube or um, Digital Toolbox, I remember, which right. was uh, <laughs> one of the places to go to. And just like, yeah, f- weird sites somewhere <laughs> really far away on the internet to yeah. learn. Or to you get really had to dig for code. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's one of the things is that, uh, for you example, you were in a program where you were surrounded by people with the same interests. And so... In a way, you had a local community that was yeah. interested and you guys could ask questions and see how people are doing things differently. So chances yeah. are, if you're listening to this and you're interested in any parametric modeling programs, there are definitely people at your school who are thinking in the same way and they probably have already got together and are doing some stuff. So I just, you know, I just ask around and, and find these people at your school, even if your school is not necessarily teaching it, because I know not all schools like delve into Rhino and Grasshopper so much, but... This episode is all about, say you're interested, even if there is a community at your school, you still want to learn some more, you still want to see what's out there. I know I had a hard time finding online resources. And just even today, just before this episode, I learned about so many more resources that I had no idea existed before. And one of the ones you mentioned, Ari, was Digital Toolbox, which has been around for so long now. Exactly. Yeah, that's one of them, yeah. For me, when I go to Digital Toolbox, you can find it. I think it's digitaltoolbox.com. It's just pretty straightforward. Yeah, and yeah. or dot, dot .info. Dot, yeah, dot dot, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, digitaltoolbox.info. That's, that, uh, that's probably it. I'll, just, I'll put everything in the show notes so you guys can always find links yeah. to these. I don't think the website has changed since I last saw it. And, no, uh, <laughs> no, no. So uh, what was your experience with that, Ari? Yeah, just 
trial and error. Like, I mean, I, I spent so many hours just connecting. I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking specifically right now on just Grasshopper, let's say, just to learn the, the basics. Mm -hmm. Just just trial and error. Like, I spent months just fizzling around. Down, you download the definition you found on some obscure site and trying to alter it and trying to get it to do what you want it to do. And it's, I think, a combination of finding resources but also just pushing through and, and trying to make it work. I think those, in a combination of those two... Um, yeah, for me that that worked really well. Let's say. Yeah, I think the like the main challenge is like just thinking about visual programming. You know, it's just such a strange environment to be in in the first place. You know, you look at that, and I remember the first time I saw um, someone using it on their computer. You know, and I had I really didn't had any idea what it was, and I just I was just confused. I'm like, what are you doing? And they were just <laughs> connecting these wires, these boxes, and I was like, well, yeah. what on earth? What is, is that? that? Yeah, yeah, is that is what is is this architecture now? Like, I don't know what this is. And then, I mean, once I was into it, I fell in love with it. But it is hard, and it's one of those things. Like, it's a language, right? And just like you, if you're learning a new language, you have to start with the basic like grammar and you learn different words one at a time, right? It's just a matter of practice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, for me, exactly. It was exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, I knew a little bit of, of coding and, and scripting because before Grasshopper, we also got to, we also got taught a little bit of Rhino script. And for me, that was more, more intuitive because you, yeah, it basically just runs line by line and, you know, a for loop. Uh, right. And it was more more intuitive, like, ah, okay, if I change this variable, you know, you, you kind of knew more more direct, like, what was happening. It was also a little bit more hard because you need to you need to code everything from scratch. But then I started with Grasshopper, and I, I had no idea that this was also uh, basically just coding, but just in a visual way. So for me, it was kind of hard to make that switch. But as soon as you, you start grasping it, like, ah, a component is basically a function, like you, you input some variables and it spits out like the results. So it's like, ah, okay, it, it starts making more sense in a way. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's so interesting. See, for me, it was the opposite. You know, for me, okay. I hated line by line code because if something uh, yeah. went wrong <laughs> and it would tell you like the, you know, for those of you who have coded before, there's a, you know, you write your code and then you compile it and then you run it. And usually when you compile it, it tells you which errors you have. And it would say, oh, error on line, you know, 187. And then, I'd be lost. Like, okay, where does, and then that's connected to something that you don't see. But visual programming for me, I could track, you know, from one component, follow the wires back and see where I went wrong versus lines and lines of code. I had a harder time. Now, I mean, today I have to do both, but it's still like my mind is more comfortable in the, in the visual program environment than the other. So yeah. I guess for you, okay. what would you say? You're more comfortable in line by line or? Uh, I, yeah, it's really hard. I think, by now, I think visual because it's so much, it's faster in a way. But also, yeah, ooh, I think it really depends what you want to do. I prefer uh, visual, I think, in the end, yeah. More, yeah. yeah. I would see for me, it's like I imagine like architects were visual beings. We like to see how things go together, yeah. you know? So, Definitely. yeah, I think like Grasshopper, whoever came up with the idea. I mean, visual programming is not a new thing, right? It's been around. No, it's been around since a long time. I think since Sketch Sketchpad, I think in the nineties or something, they they already had something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so it's just someone thought, hey, let's take this format of programming and apply it to architects because architects are visual people, and it'll probably yeah. be easier for them to do this than line by line. And yeah, it's definitely picked up and definitely taken off. And so 
So yeah, so we've talked about Digital Toolbox and they have Rhino tutorials. They had a bunch of Grasshopper ones. I remember I did all yeah. the Grasshopper ones uh, yeah. Yeah, religiously. <laughs> just And they're still, I mean, like you said, they, they've been around like forever, but they're still really relevant like in, in a way of just getting the basics of Grasshopper to, uh, to understand those things. Like the, 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 those introductory uh, tutorials are really good. They're still pretty, pretty relevant, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point because I think if you're listening to this right now and you go on their website and you're going to look at their videos and you're going to see that it doesn't look anything like what's on your screen if you just downloaded Rhino and Grasshopper. And you're probably going to wonder, well, what's wrong? It's it's perfectly fine because it's just it's really the concepts and getting the basics down. And for that, it doesn't matter how far back you go, the basics of programming have really been the same. And so even if it looks outdated, it's really not. It's It's like even... For me, for Ari, this was like foundational stuff that we really like enjoyed doing and it was necessary. And okay, so then the next one like I found really useful was just YouTube. You know, if I, especially today, today, way more than Uh, even just like three or four years ago, it's just exploded in terms of uh, tutorials. No, YouTube is perfect. Like it's, it's, it has so much. I think besides Digital Toolbox, I would definitely go to YouTube to find like anything, any any Grasshopper tutorial, like any any specific area, structure optimization or evolutionary solving, anything you wanna you wanna do, it's it's on YouTube basically, yeah. Yeah, any, like even just yeah. basic things, like how do I even start like a simple Voronoi kind of you know map, uh, yeah. right? Which is just yeah. like one component in Grasshopper, but you may not know that or, or what the inputs mean or something. And it's so, it's so uh, nice just to be able to go on YouTube, type it in and chances are someone's done it and they have a video to show you how they're connecting things together. And you're like, Hey, no, this thing works great. For sure. I mean, the only thing is that uh, I think for people starting grasshopper that it's the learning curve can be a little steep, especially like grasping the concepts of computational design, like how an algorithm works and uh, how coding works. I think it's you need to kind of push through because in the beginning you're gonna you wanna almost like throw your computer out of the window sometimes because it's like why is it not working? No, like I think Grasshopper's it, it got a lot better into telling you like hey you're trying to I don't know insert a point right, right, into yeah. a curve into a per curve component so that that's not allowed. No, but. <laughs> Uh, with the error message, but I, I think I just want to stress people like don't don't give up. Like like the reward that you get when you finally make your definition work and it actually does what you wanted to do. It's it's really rewarding. Like really trust me. It's like yes, I finally did it. No, like after hours and hours of work. <laughs> yeah, because so, it's something I mean, like that you figured up. out, you know, on your own, and it's exactly, like yeah. it's 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 really a, ma- a great satisfaction. And yeah, you're right. I remember like Grasshopper, like it would tell you some errors and. Oh man, you'd just be like, I don't. And still today, sometimes the error it it says, I have no idea what you want me to do. That is the error oh, yeah. message. Yes, yeah. and when you get that, you really like, you're really stuck. But it's okay, you'll get it's through like, it. <laughs> and if there's not one way to do something, don't worry. There's three other ways to do yeah, it. Yeah, there's yeah, no oh, hundreds. There are usually like <laughs> various ways. Yeah, what do you say? There are various ways to do it. So don't give up. Just keep on <laughs> keep on going. Yeah. yeah. And one thing I always tell people is that. Because, you know, people get stuck and they have questions. And I tell them, like, if you have this issue, if you've come across this problem, chances are there's a hundred people that have come across the same problem before. Uh, yes. And definitely. I guarantee yeah. you one of them has put it up online somewhere. It's almost every week I'm definitely online. And uh, I think the one place I find the most answers is the, the Grasshopper Forum. Ah, uh, yeah. That's that's 
by far the best uh, place to go with questions. Yeah. And the good thing is because we're all kind of, kind of geeks, like it's, it's, it's really cool because you post a question and I bet you like within an hour, two hours, you have a, you have an answer, like really, they're really supportive, really helpful. And yeah, it's a great community to be fair. I, I really enjoy going there sometimes just checking the, the questions and the answers. And yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. No, it's great. Almost every time I have had a question, whether it's something to do with when I was in school, even now when I'm working and the questions are a lot more, you know, pertinent and important and I need an answer or I need to find out an answer like within the next 30 minutes in order to make this work because something has to go out. Um, chances, I, I know someone else has come across this. There's no way that you are the first person to ever yeah. have that problem. Yeah, yeah that's true. Again, so Mode Lab is the next one we're going to talk about. So just yeah. just to cap, we went over Digital Toolbox, uh, YouTube, and the Grasshopper Forum. Now, Mode Lab, these are some guys in New York that have done a great job coming up with a whole bunch of different um, resources, whether it's uh, – I think they also – they have a Grasshopper Primer. Is that correct? Yeah, they wrote, uh, they wrote a primer, yeah. No, it's a really, really uh, cool job of – of distilling like all the information, making a, a great primer. So if you're starting with Grasshopper and you don't mind reading, uh, definitely download the primer. It's free. Um, it's a PDF, so you can just go over it. And yeah, it's really, really well ordered, really well organized. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, the diagrams are very clear, and the way they've just broken down the information. It's a great thing if you can just have it on your desktop. Just save the PDF or something, and just have it there, just in case. You know, it's such a good resource to go back to. They also have one for Dynamo. So if you're more of the BIM guy, more of a Revit user, and they have a great Dynamo tutorial. Like I knew nothing about Dynamo, and I went through their primer beginning to end, and it makes all the difference in the world. Because you know, just like when we had started with Grasshopper, like now everyone else is starting with Dynamo, and again, like the resources are not as widespread with with Dynamo yet, and I'm sure I'll get there in a couple of years, but if you're just starting out, you're interested in Dynamo, ModeLab is a great place. So, Ari, I don't know if you you remember, ModeLab used to have videos on their site. Yeah, yeah, they they did a complete revamp of their of their site. I think they're focusing more now on the, I think giving consultancies and workshops, and they have the education now on the site. But yeah, before they had all the the videos and some tutorials, but I, I think they should be still there for sure. I think if you uh, go around their site, for sure you can find them or on their YouTube t- uh, channel. Yeah. Right. So I went on their website recently, and turns out that they took all their tutorials, all of them. Whether it's the, they have, they have all kinds of stuff, guys. They have Grasshopper, they have Dynamo, they have Maya, they have yep. Processing, they have all kinds of different tutorials. Whatever you're interested in, and they've put it all on this giant YouTube page, and so you can. I mean, they're all you know on YouTube. They're they're free. I remember they used to have some charged content as well, and then I think they've just yeah. said, no, "Let's just keep it free and move it uh, onto YouTube." Too. So, Mode Lab is a great one, and they also have a great newsletter. So, Ari, I think we'll move on to part two of this uh, episode, which is part one is more of all the free resources that are out there, and there's so many, so many out there. But if you want to yeah. go to the next level or you really want some very well-structured tutorials to really take you from beginning to end, or very uh, or tutorials that are based on very specific topics, there are also paid alternatives out there. And uh, so yep. uh, we'll start with a couple. Of course, Ari has co-founded one himself, and he runs one that we will 
be talking about that. But one I want to talk about is uh, one that's quite popular is lynda.com. Yeah. Ari, have you uh, ah. had any experience with Linda? Yeah, we had. Um, well, me no. I think a friend of mine has a subscription to to learn, but it's it's massive. Linda has uh, anything that has to do with digital uh, technology, but not only like three um, uh, D modeling, but also rendering, but also like business, um, like Excel and and Access. I think even like they have any anything that uh, that has to do with. Yeah, digital tools. They 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 teach it, and they're, they're massive. They're they're really big. They have like thousands of of tutorials. I think they got acquired by by LinkedIn even. So they're yeah, they're they're massive. They they're they're really big. But I think they they focus more on the CGI community, like people that work for movie in movie. Uh, I say in the movie industry that that do three D modeling and texturing and, and right. rendering and these kind of things. Yeah. I think they're focused more on, on that that specific uh, branch. Yeah. So Linda has, yeah, I mean, it's a great website. They have so many resources, uh, all kinds of different software programs. And the thing is, uh, what I found uh, out recently, at, li- at least when I was in school, I found this out that even though lynda.com charges you per month or per year, however, you, whatever your subscription may be, there is a chance that your school has a subscription with them for all of their students. So my university, for example, had this agreement with Linda that any of their students could access Linda for free. So so check with your university or just... Um, and, and it wasn't the main lynda.com portal that I had to go through. I had to sign in to my university account and go through some type of, you know, backdoor or something into Linda. So make sure that you, you know, check with your university and see if it's there because I pretty much learned Revit from scratch on Linda because they have a great Revit program and yeah, yeah. and lynda.com is, is a great resource. And there are some other uh, paid ones that we just found out today. Any preferences uh, there, Ari, on some other ones that you had sent me earlier? Another one that's really good, yeah, is the, the Black Spectacles. That one is really, yeah, really extensive as well. Um, the only the only thing is that they focus more on people from the U.S. that uh, that that need to prepare for the RA or R. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, yeah, ARE is I guess to get to pass the exam. Yeah. So they have, I mean, they have really really two row tutorials. Um, and he, I, for, I forgot his name, uh, Mark Mark Tyria. He started like a little bit uh, before us, but he has like amazing amazing tutorials. I would definitely check these guys out, especially if you're in the U.S. and you want to pass the RA exam. I think they have a really structured uh, program to to help you and to learn um, the the things you need to know to pass. Yeah, it's yeah, really, really, really intensive. So for me personally, this is the first time I'm seeing this website, and it looks like a great resource for anyone out there. It's BlackSpectacles.com, and so if you're close to graduation. I mean, I'll definitely check out the ARE prep courses and just to see what's out there. But they also have a, a, a portion on software learning where yeah. what I'm yeah, looking at exactly. right now is uh, some Grasshopper tutorials. And I think you do have to pay for this. I'm not sure exactly what the the pricing is. I'm sure that if you're a student right now, uh, I'm sure it would be I'm sure it'd be a lot cheaper. So, I mean, a lot of these websites do have. Sometimes they have a student option and then, you know, if you're working for a firm, because if you're working for a company and you convince them that it's a great resource, they'll usually end up paying for it. So they may charge a little more. So here I'm seeing uh, standard access is $99. Uh, 
courses and so so i mean you know we're looking career wise right this is something that you're doing for your job and so in that case 99 dollars is not you know it's really not that much for the amount you're getting in return but if you're a student and you're considering it i mean you know you may want to you know just see like what your level is have a test on some of their uh tutorials and see if you want to make that investment there was a another one that you had uh sent me ari that that i thought really interesting was geometry depth yeah geometry depth exactly i think that's i'm not sure who it is from i think it's from Guiliano. Uh, the, well, the, the the guy that developed Weaverbird, I'm not sure. I think so, but yeah, he he has some really interesting tutorials about, um, mostly about uh, Grasshopper and, and some some plugins that that are for uh, for Grasshopper. So uh, like Kangaroo, I think they have a Kangaroo uh, course, right? A Grasshopper 101 and some others. Yeah, oh, yeah, Gilio Paiecentino. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I could never say his name right, but yeah, it's basically the uh, the 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 guy who wrote. The Weaverbird plugin, which is used everywhere, and it's a great plugin. If you haven't experienced it already, make sure you go check it out. So yep. uh, it's geometrydepth.com, and they have all kinds of different training. Grasshopper, like, I'm just reading through a list right now. Grasshopper, data trees, uh, Python training, uh, Gecko, Kangaroo, Weaverbird, Jihao. Yep. I mean, there's a there's a lot of uh, different tutorials over here. Uh, again, these are paid options, but if you want to go to the next level, these are professional. These are very highly respected people in our field. So, you know, there's, you, you're not going to go wrong with these guys. So, Ari, I want to go on to yours now, Think yep. Parametric. Could you tell us a little more about how it came about and what inspired you to, to begin doing this, uh, this platform? Ah, so... When we started, well, I, what I noticed, like what I explained previously when I was studying and also um, working for an architectural office is that there's a, a, a big lack in, in knowledge in, in computational design, not so much knowing the tools, but also it's, it's a way of, of thinking and, and, and problem solving. Um, and what for, for me was such a struggle, also for Rodrigo, my, my partner, that we always found out that, yeah, we always went to obscure size to find or uh, like material how to to educate ourselves and and trying to to improve ourselves so we always thought like yeah why there's not there's not like um, a collection online um where that has like high quality tutorials available that teach you from start to finish a certain skill Mm -hmm. Um, and of course like the the method uh, we choose like e-learning is, is not new like 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 the linda the one we talked about previously like these guys started in the nines i think we're doing video tutorials right because it's funny when we when we started we actually wanted to uh, make pdfs <laughs> uh, with tutorials uh, <laughs> PDFs, to kind of wow. do, do yeah. it in that way but but I we, think for we, students, we pretty fast too. yeah, that format may be a little challenging for the architecture yeah, student no, who it, has a hundred things thing, to do. I, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, and nobody likes to read nowadays. You know, you want to see moving stuff and right. images. No. <laughs> so we switched pretty fast to video, uh, video tutorials. And um, yeah, basically it could grow out into that because we were also maybe considering doing workshops or consultancy. Um, but we... The reason we switched to doing a yeah video tutorial size is that it, it scales faster doing than doing workshops basically. Like you can you can train people so much more quicker um, than doing workshops because like anyone can access uh, these tutorials from from wherever they are on on any device they they prefer. Mm-hmm. So 
that's why we, we switched to that, yeah, that model. Yeah, I think what I really like about Think Parametric in particular is that not only do you cover, you know, the bases and things like that, but also you're using people that are in the industry and they're showing you how they used it for their projects. Because I think there's a little bit of a misconception. Yeah, that's, that's the, I forgot to mention it. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest, biggest idea that we think like the rock stars, basically the ones that actually deserve all the credit for a project is not so much the architect. And I don't want to, I don't want to uh, trash talk like the, the architects in, in, a, in a way, but what, what usually is forgotten uh, is that the people actually doing the legwork, the people that make the design decisions uh, and that actually make a building work and function are the people that know these skills in, 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 in general. Um, because, for instance, like if you look at, I think Jer- Frank Gehry is now giving a, a masterclass. Masterclass, by the way, another site that teaches skills. Right, yeah. Uh, and Frank Gehry right now is giving a masterclass on, on design, but it's a little bit... I mean, I haven't seen it. I've, I've just seen like the snippet, but it, it seems like, you know, he's sketching with a pencil and he, he makes like, a, you know, a paper, he fizzles something with a paper, a paper and like, ah, yeah, that, and people that have, that know, know nothing about architecture, they think like, ah, that's, you know, that's what architects do. Right. And in a way, yes, it's true, but it's such a tiny part of the whole design process that the actual part, like after that, like after a sketch, the people that actually work it out and, and make the design decisions, those are the people that we, that we want to train and, and show these skills how to yeah, how to use them in a proper way. Yeah. So that, that's why we, 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 we try to contract, sorry, we, we try to uh, contract like these rock stars, like the people that actually worked on a project and, and show like, hey, I worked on, I don't know, like this badass project. We have a guy from Snow Hatta that's going to do a, a course on a really nice project uh, mm-hmm. and he's going to show how he's doing the facade and everything. And it's, I think that's really interesting to see and to show to people like, Hey, you know, this is a really badass facade, but what kind of tools, what kind of software he used and what kind of workflow methodology he used in the whole process. And that's what we want to show. And I, to get also to get people excited about learning these tools. That's what I'm saying. It's so important to understand that. Yes, of course you have the, you know, the lead architect, but to bring, an idea that's, uh, you know, in conception to reality, you know, there's a whole bunch of different people and different hats that they wear that it goes through. And these skills yeah. are becoming something that's more and more sought after in the industry, which is also another reason why I think that you use people and real projects to show that, hey, I know you're in school and you may think that you can do all kinds of cool forms and things like that with Grasshopper, but um, and I'm just mentioning Grasshopper just because I'm biased towards Grasshopper, but there's so many other different, you know, platforms out there. But having these skills allows you to be able to, you know, insert yourself into a firm and be able to, you know, work over, you know, in a very specialized field in the sense, do you know what I'm trying to say? I mean, it's not just you're graduating from architecture you're an, uh, and now you're an architecture grad and you get a job as an architect. That just the title architect covers so many different things yeah yeah exactly and, and people when people are studying like, like somehow well that was back then i think now it's it's luckily i think perception of these tools has changed a lot but back then it was like look i'm an architect you know i'm not, I'm not a coder uh, i'm not going to learn these things no it's not it's not relevant for me mm-hmm. i'll stick with my pencil or maybe a little bit of autocad and you know that, that's it but the problem is like a lot of my peers they got frustrated because they graduated and then they went to a company, they went to apply, you know, and, and I was like, look, I got my master's degree from, from this university. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. 
Yeah, what skills do you do you have? Uh, yeah, I know a little bit of Photoshop. Oh, and they, they mm-hmm. got put to do Photoshop the whole day long. I, and I'm not kidding. This is this is really true, and it's actually quite sad. And a lot of them they they just quit it. Like I have a friend that now works in a hotel. I think one that actually switched to um, IT. He does da- databases uh, right now. Okay. And they, they just quitted architecture because they were they were completely bummed out. Like, look, I, I got I got this really expensive study. I paid my well, I don't know how well in the US it's it's crazy. Luckily in yeah. Holland I think mm-hmm. the system's a little better, but, but people's like students they spend fortunes, I mean literally fortunes on on education and then it turns out that yeah, they're not they're not ready for uh, if they actually start working for a company because there's this disconnect between what companies are asking for and what the university delivers. Look, I'm, I'm not saying that what you learn in university is not, not useful. Of course it is. I mean, you learn about architectural theory, history, what, what, what makes a good space. I mean, I'm not, that, that's really important also right, to learn. Course. But I think the focus on learning like these, these skills is, yeah, it should be, it should be more <laughs> in my perception. No. Yeah. And again, I mean, you know, for me, I know I'm biased because I work in a firm where, you know, like my firm exists because, uh, you know, of projects like these where it's required to have complex geometries or you need to do extensive type of environmental studies and try out different options. And you need to be able to prototype quickly and you need to be able to, you know, uh, respond to the architect or to the contractors very efficiently. And so you need to, and of course, you know, we didn't even touch on the fact that, you know, Grasshopper, Dynamo, these things, they're not just for modeling, you know, they're they're used for so many other different workflow uh, processes that happen in an office just to make an office run more efficiently, you know? So, yeah, but uh, they're, you know, every year the industry is asking for different skills, you know, some software programs start getting weeded out some start to shine and grow and uh, yeah. it changes you know every five or ten years it's changing completely and so the education system has to keep up with that yeah yeah no it's it's it's, it's totally true and that, that's also i think something that's limiting uh, universities to adopt a certain uh, software or, or methodology or workflow because it's things like technology is changing so fast that they're also like okay what you know we, we're not really sure what we're going to teach uh, because it, it like the landscape is changing so much, and also for companies, like they're also like seeing a little bit like, hey, what you know, what what all these tools, like we have no idea uh, which one we should adopt and if it's useful for us, no. So they're kind of, I think they're kind of, how do you say, uh, seeing a little bit what's going to happen before they start adopting it full time, or, right. or I think they need to see a project being developed completely using these tools before they also start jumping jumping aboard, which is luckily it's happening right now. More and more companies are. Are adopting it so that's that's really great yeah yeah because even for a school it's quite a you know it's quite an investment and a jump for a school to commit yeah to a certain pro- i mean they can yeah. only teach you one two three software programs um during your entire four years or your master's degree so they have to be selective and but it's always important yeah. to know just what's out there and what people are using and i think that's also where your the sister block comes in you know if you look at uh design playgrounds you know, ah, yes. it's, yeah, yeah. it's different architects who are, you know, young graduates, usually they're no more than five years or so out of school. And they're sh- telling you like, hey, this, these are the type of projects I work on. And this is, could you tell us a little bit bo- more about the blog? Well, the blog started uh, like that, like basically just a, a place to, to publish um, like articles about architecture and 
uh, digital architecture, like the the tools that were used in in kind of like cool projects, but it kind of morphed into uh, a block for Think Parametric to show the yeah the the the, the things we're developing uh, for the platform, uh, the courses we're developing, or certain features we're we're trying to add, and the things we're that that are on our minds. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit like what yeah. the different uh, software programs that are currently being covered on Think Parametric? We have right now we have uh, Revit, uh, V-Ray, uh, Grasshopper, Rhino, uh, and some plugins for uh, Galapagos and Anemone and Kangaroo, those three. But for us, it's more about instead of focusing much on the software, we want to more focus on the uh, the skill, like the skills people can learn. And we have, um, like we, one day we I sat down with Rodrigo and we, we said like, there are more or less eight, eight different uh, directions in architecture right now, if you look at using technology. And we, we specified uh, parametric modeling, mm-hmm. uh, explicit modeling, BIM, interoperability, simulation and analysis, visualization, uh, automatization and digital fabrication. And basically focusing on these eight paths, that's how we structure our, our courses. So instead of focusing on uh, Grasshopper that much, it's more about, okay, I want to learn parametric modeling. Okay, start this path. And like there's, there's Grasshopper, but there's also Dynamo. There's also um, Akis, yeah, you name it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean. To complete it, it yeah. Yeah, so, uh, um, and the way your website works is it's a monthly payment, right? And you if you pay. Yeah. Per month, you have access to everything, right? So it's not like you. Yes, have, everything. It's, it's like, not by uh, course. So you, you pay once. No, 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 no. You have access yeah. to everything for an entire month, and you can watch as many times over as you want. As correct? you want, yeah. No, that's that's, that's completely correct. Yeah, it's like the it's like Netflix or Spotify. You you pay a fixed amount. And you have access to all of our courses for for either a month or a year, depending on your membership. And yeah. you can cancel any time, and yeah. You can cancel any time uh, free of charge just by going to your profile. And um, yeah, do you have, uh, you have a, if you subscribe, you have 14 days of free of free trial where you can just watch, uh, watch some courses, watch some tutorials, see if it's for you, see if you like it. And you can, within those 14 days, you can cancel also anytime you want free of charge. And also the 14 days, your, your membership will uh, start. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just great. Like, if you're listening to this right now, you're sitting in studio, you're thinking, hey, I'm interested in these things. I know there's a lot of free stuff out there I can check out. Um, you know, go ahead and, and use all those resources up and then, you know, come back to Think Parametric when you're, you know, whether you're just starting out or you feel a little more proficient and you're like, hey, let, let me try out some more of the advanced things and sign up for the 14 days, you know, try it out. They have really great instructors, and I'm sure you're going to like it and sign up for the rest of it. These are resources that are beginning to pop up, and they're going to keep growing because this community is growing, and the industry is, you know, it's it's needing these type of uh, these graduates to come out because they're looking for for specific jobs like these. Is that is that correct, Ari? Definitely, definitely. I mean, that that's also the the thing we're seeing that people. It's it's like this. Uh, how do you say this? Uh, this view on like oh because it's, it's 30 bucks a month and we're, we're trying to implement like a student discount we're, we're still seeing how we're going to to do that but still it's like um people are willing to pay a fortune for their study to for their education but for paying like i don't know a uh, dollar dollar per day <laughs> that's right. still like yeah uh, sometimes it's like it's, yeah, it's too much but i think it's definitely worth it because like one of those courses they they they're they, they earn you back 
uh, that amount of money in, 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 I don't know, tenfold. Because if you're going to apply for a, for a job, you can say like, hey, I'm, I'm an experienced BIM modeler. Uh, I know Revit. I know they're, they're going to love you because you, you bring so much value to that company. Um, and yeah. yeah, you can also negotiate your salary accordingly. So I think it's definitely worth it. Even of course, if you if you're like, okay, I, I don't have the money right now, just just then go to YouTube, uh, check out the course, go to Digital Toolbox just to to check those things out because it's definitely worth it to to learn these these things. Yeah, I mean, it will definitely yeah. pay itself back. Exactly. I mean, the amount of resources out there are way more for you guys now than there were for me and Ari when we were in school. Yeah. So, I mean, take advantage of the most of it. One last point I'd like to, to touch on, Ari, is that you're seeing traffic on your website and people signing up also, not, not just students, but also people that are working. Isn't that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, it's, we're, we're trying to track it. If people sign up, they, they can choose if they're professional or students. But right now, it's, it's more, what we're seeing is more or less like 60-40. So 60% student, 40% professionals, more or less. And the professionals that sign up, they're more or less young professionals uh, that either started their business or they, they work for big firms and they, the firm um, basically uh, yeah, uh, told these people like, hey, we want you guys to learn these skills because we need a, we need a BIM uh, manager, or we need a parametric modeler or, or something like that. Yeah. So it's very interesting to see. Yeah, I think that also goes to show that, you know, that the industry is definitely looking for this because there are people in the industry that are signing up for your courses. I mean, I was very fortunate that my school, uh, my first two years that I was there, you know, the, the uh, they were, I mean, yeah, it was, there was a little bit of Rhino, there was a little bit of Form Z and stuff. But by the time I got into my third and fourth year, I mean, they were full on Rhino, Revit, all about, you know, the BIM track or you're doing the Grasshopper track. And so I was very fortunate yeah. that I had not a lot of resources at school with my professors and there were other students that were really interested in it. And I had these online resources. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. I mean, everyone has access to the internet now and you can definitely get online. Just, you know, anytime you run into a question, just ask it. I guarantee you're going to find answers for it online. I do all the time. And, and I'm sure Ari, like, you know, you run into, all of us run into issues all the time and Ah, yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I've also asked like a lot of questions on the forum, but nah, it's it's a great community to be fair. Like, don't worry. I mean, like, like I told in the beginning, like it's really, it's hard. I think the learning curve is pretty steep, but I, I think right now there's so much material online uh, available that it, it should be, it should be, the learning curve should be way more, uh, less steep than what it was before. So yeah, just <laughs> stick to it and it's definitely it's definitely worth it to to learn these these skills. Like it's definitely gonna pay yourself pay itself back when you're going to apply for a job. Yeah. And, and don't and mm -hmm. don't think that I'm an architect. I don't need to know these things because unfortunately, uh, with the digitalization and and the rise of technology and I mean I think at some point everyone needs to know at least the basics at least to know what's possible, what, what you can do with these tools and that you know like a little bit of uh, of these things. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's so true. Just stick with it. It will be difficult at first, but as as time goes by, as the hours go on, you know, you'll start getting used to it. You'll start to recognize different patterns and things will start, you know, coming together. So yeah, like best of luck and yeah, just try everything online in your, in your school. Ask everyone, ask every professor. You will find the resources out there. Yeah. Okay. Ari, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights with us. And we look forward to perhaps having you on the show again to talk about, 
you know how to how we use it in the industry and and um, you know how we landed our jobs and just by knowing a few different techniques in grasshopper or rhino modeling or whatever that we were able to set ourselves up you know in our jobs and and be able to contribute to the firm thanks 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 so much yeah i mean i definitely agree i would like to be <laughs> only the next time just, just let me know and i'll be available thanks so much Thank you for listening. That's the end of our episode. All the links, all the resources you've heard of, you can find out in the show notes at lineweights.coffee. And also don't forget to check out my blog post on the best free resources for architecture students. If you have any questions or comments for us, don't forget to drop us a line at lineweights.coffee. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you guys next week.